Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi. But this time, instead of just saying where I'm along with them, as I usually do when we're virtually along with each other, we are back together in person in the same room <laughs> for the first time since Nashville Banquet. Yes. The last time I saw you, right? That was That is correct. Nashville Banquet. Uh, the night's a little hazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was a good time. It's great to see your smiling face. Uh, the season is here. It feels... You were at the Clash. I was not there, but this feels like the first day of school this week you know yeah here we are at daytona international speedway and uh of course this is a a midweek podcast we skipped our normal sunday slot because that was super bowl sunday and then we thought well there's nothing to talk about monday because cars aren't on track tuesday was just practice so we thought let's at least give some results before we do our daytona 500 preview episode so to speak um so what we are right now is this is wednesday night that we are recording this uh, pole qualifying has just happened. So a- as we're talking to you right now, we don't know the lineup for the Daytona 500. We haven't seen the duels yet. So we don't know how all that's going to unfold. You guys probably do, because by the time you're listening to this, perhaps it's already been Thursday night um, or maybe Friday, Saturday, whatever. Um, but all we know right now is that Kyle Larson is the pole sitter for the Daytona 500. Alex Bowman will join him on the front row. Uh, Alex Bowman, fifth straight year, um, a record. Ties a record, I thought. No, he ties the record for all-time front row starts. Oh. Already has the record for consecutive. That? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we know two of the open drivers who made it. There's six open cars here fighting for four spots. And two of the drivers are Jacques Villeneuve, 1997 Formula One world champion and 1995 Indy 500 winner. What an impressive resume that is. And then Noah Gregson, uh, who a year ago was trying to make his cup debut uh, for Beard Motorsports in the 62 car. Uh, had an emotional miss of that race. You wrote a great story about that at the time. Comes back a year later with the same team, and this time he qualifies in on speed. So he's in the Daytona 500. That will be his Cup Series debut. Um, we knew he was going to do Cup races this year with Colleg, but now he is he's in. So uh, a few things to talk about there. We could talk about the car shortages. We could talk about what we know so far, what we might expect out of the racing um, I don't want to do too much of like a duels preview and stuff because we don't even like a lot of you will be listening. It will be over by the, lot, by the time a lot of you hear this. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to say what was going to, it's hard to talk about something we don't know. And it's probably going to listen to this after the fact, but I will just say, and it kind of goes into the car shortage. Well, I, I am fascinated. I was fascinated by how this week was going to unfold in general. And I am really intrigued by the duels and what is going to happen. I, I don't remember a more intriguing dual qualifier. I, I don't remember when. It's been some time, maybe since we've had a bunch of guys competing for spots or something, but how the racing is going to unfold, what the strategy is, how I, I think you're going to see 
teams that have issues in if there is a wreck in the first race that wipes out an organization's cars i think that is going to dramatically impact what they do in the race the second race i am very intrigued i i am more curious almost for the duels than i am the 500 well let's just i mean because the the timing of this podcast is weird of course let's just well, we can make a prediction of how the duels are going to turn out. And then if you guys are listening to this afterwards, you can just tweet us and say, man, you guys were idiots. I mean, they people do that every podcast anyway. Say, yeah. Well, they do it to you. They call me genius. Well, it depends. After your clash pick, you were a genius. Uh, you do. missed it barely by just a little bit to take a 1-0 I also lead. picked Joey Logano to win that race and a whole different thing I'm in. So Okay, well, I mean, you're just on, on fire right now. So why don't you go first, Mr. <laughs> genius, and predict I'm, how the clash will unfold. Or sorry, how the duels will unfold. It's so... I mean, we just talked to Noah Gregson, and Gregson thinks that there might be a little bit more mundane. And, and the other conversations I've had with people in the garage, they all kind of a lot of people said the same thing. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be people are going to be smart. They're not going to pick their spots because most of the field, the majority of the field, is locked in. But we've got guys like Joey Logano, for example. Michael McDowell said this, who said. Like there's there's points on the line. There is significance in these things, and if there's a race, we're gonna go out there and race regardless of what happens. Consequences be damned. I I don't think the duels are gonna be that boring. I think they're gonna look largely like we've seen. I know you're making that face. God, I love when you make this face. It's now I get to see it in person. It's even better. I, I just think it's gonna. Be, I think the first duel is going to be look a lot like we've seen previous duels, which it's going to be competitive. There's going to be guys making some moves. There's going to be some guys making some stupid moves, and there's probably going to be a wreck or two. And then because of that, what happens in duel one, I think the duel, the second duel is going to be like, well, wait a second here. My teammate is on the on the trailer with a wrecked race car, and the other team is trying to scramble now to get a car down here from North Carolina because we don't have backups. Most of the teams don't have backups here. Then I think the second race is going to be quite tame. Go ahead. This is this is absurd. <laughs> you, you think people, I love people how you're so get, absolute in this. People are going to get like racy in the first duel, and there's going to be a couple wrecks. Uh, like, Did you hear? I mean, like, I mean, you go ahead and give your point of view, and I'm gonna. I need to get this line up here because I mean, we heard Logano today. I mean, that's Logano. That's one guy. That's one guy. There was other he guy. He can lead the whole McDowell, time if he wants McDowell to. McDowell said the same thing. There's other drivers that said the same thing of. This is something I need to go out there. I need to see what my car does. McDowell didn't say it that definitively. He was like, yeah, there is stage points, but is it really worth it? No. He said it yesterday on Tuesday when he came in after he was fastest in practice. I asked him, and I said, what is your strategy? He's like, and it's in a quote in the story that I wrote in The Athletic, which you can see. And he said, like, you know, we've got to learn what we can do with these race cars. Look, if anybody goes out in the duels and makes moves and wrecks and now – uh, puts their team in a terrible position because they don't have backup cars. That is like one of the stupidest things <laughs> I've ever heard of in NASCAR <laughs> racing, which is there's been a lot of stupid things in NASCAR racing. I personally thought it was too much of a risk to even get around each other and practice on Tuesday. And you were they, absolute by that. Way. You were absolute that nobody was going to do drafting practice. No, and I was saying, no, I didn't say nobody was going to. I said if they did, they were, would be stupid if they wrecked because of that. Um, fortunately, they did not. We have not seen any wrecks yet. But people cannot afford to wreck and not afford financially. But literally, there's not enough cars available. Um, we've heard from two different teams, it sounds like, between the two of us, that you know, if if they need a backup car, they're going to have to go into their Fontana car, yeah. which is at the shop, pull parts off it, and then they've got to take that Fontana car out. I think they've got to send the truck out Tuesday. Yeah. 
So they would have to get back Monday night, take the parts off the Daytona car, put them back on the Fontana car and ship it out the door. I mean, th th these teams are in not a good shape yeah. to go race hard in the duels. There's no purpose in doing that. That would be absolutely stupid if anybody wrecked because of that, in my opinion. And I, I, I don't. I think it's going to be a lot of single file, which I'll be screaming about on Twitter. Of course, this is be smart. Screaming. This is smart. Don't, because you know fans are going to be like, "Oh my God, they've ruined this." Oh, blah blah blah. It's the freaking duels. It doesn't matter. If it was me and NASCAR wouldn't get mad at me, I would pull off the track after the green flag. What yep. is the point? What is the point of racing in these and putting yourself at risk whatsoever? And like in in any way, there's no point. I mean, NASCAR would get very, very mad if everybody pulled off the track except for the cars who were trying to race their way in. But there's really no point. Like, who? it's a 500-mile race. Who cares if you start 30th or 20th or 15th? It does not matter. It doesn't. So Starting position, no. Points, I mean, you can make a case either way. Who cares? It's a I whole season of stage points. You don't need stage points for the duels. You can get stage points anytime in any other race. Point that up. But I will say this. I did talk to a team owner off the record um, reporting the story that I wrote for The Athletic. And he and I said, hypothetically, you qualify first and second. You take the front row. How do you approach the duel? And he was like, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we, it might be a very boring race for us. You know, i.e. we may pull in and just be done with it or run in the back. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think they can pull in. Yeah, I think. I think NASCAR would get there. And it's maybe unspoken, but NASCAR would be very unhappy. I think it's better to just drop to the back and run single file. At Probably. Least pretend to have a race. Probably. I'm putting in air quotes that you can't yeah, see. Yeah, you just run back the there in single file and you just, if someone comes up on you, <laughs> let them go wave and yeah, let them I go. Mean, it's going to be. Same for Villeneuve and Gregson. Like they're locked in. Why, what's the incentive for them to go up there? They've got, they, these teams don't no. have backup cars at no. all. No, those, I, Especially those small those, teams. Those guys, I, there is zero incentive for Jacques Villeneuve or Noah Gregson to do anything in the duels. And those, I agree with you. For those guys, I am dropping to the back and I am just making laps. And I mean, we heard it. We, we asked Noah Gregson in the press conference and about that. And it was basically, we're not going to wreck our car. And, and the thing of it is, too, is, they're getting basically equipment from RCR, and so you know there's a, there's a collaborative effort there, and they're not going to put RCR behind the eight ball in, in that situation. Yeah, I it just I would be very very surprised to see either of those guys do anything of note in the duels. However, the rest of the field, I'm not so sure about yet. Again, I let, that's fine if Logano wants to go race hard and all that stuff, and it'll probably benefit him for the 500. That's great. But I don't, I don't see the overall benefit. I will say this okay. too: Penske is one of the teams. My understanding is that it does have backups here. That does affect, you know, maybe that does affect the mentality. And I guess with a guy like Logano, you know, it's probably good to have it because they're they're here to win in race, and they're not going to focus on. I think that's fine for the 500, but it it's still, even if you have backups, that that doesn't. You know, you have the West Coast swing coming up. I mean, you've got Atlanta, which they're going to tear a bunch of stuff up probably with the pseudo-restrictor plate race type thing. Um, I, I just, again, and, and I feel bad for those of you who are already listening. You know, the, the duel's already happened, and you're just like, what, what, can, can you guys talk about something else? Because this already is irrelevant. But this is what we know as of now. Um, Logano's it, in the second duel is what I'm looking at it right now, so. So he'll have time to watch and see how much stuff maybe gets he turned maybe up or not. let's just say he he might be changing his mind after watching the first one. 
<laughs> I, I think I think if anything, the first one will be very tame, very cautious. The second one will be somewhat of the same way, and toward the end of the second one, somebody might go for it, make a mistake, get a little bit careless, sure. and then that's when like a little wreck could happen. But I think they'll mostly be single file. I, I I can't, I just can't picture why anybody would be making moves in the duels when it just doesn't matter. You have 36 cars locked in because of the charters. You have two more locked in because they raced their way in on speed tonight, or they you know for the qualifying, not race their way in, and then you have four cars fighting for two spots um over the two duels so it's just that's all that matters um you know whether kaz Gralla or greg biffle or timmy hill or jj yaley make it um that's all that's on the line in my opinion so don't do anything dumb and uh but we'll see what we'll see what happens see hendrick what happens. motorsports sweeps the front row again jeff surprised you're you're anti you know do you want to tell to, no it's not i no it's i just Think it's, I think it's oh you you antagonized me today in the garage uh it was an uh, off the record conversation i shared you, with you you won't you won't go there on the podcast no it we was an off the record it. it was an off the record conversation i had with somebody that i shared with you about hendrick motorsports and their qualifying prowess okay well well what's your point what's your point about the, I, they they enjoy they do very well they, they they put an emphasis on doing well in qualifying and good for that what's they, wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that it, yeah, that's they, what you said today I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. I shared a viewpoint of someone who. Well, what's your viewpoint? You seem to share the viewpoint. No, I was just sharing with you what they said, and then you took it as what I was saying. No, no, we argued for like ten minutes of the. Garage. We didn't argue because I was trying to explain <laughs> to you what they said, and you do this all the time, where I share a viewpoint with someone expressed to me, and then you think it's my viewpoint that I'm like that it's mine. It's like no, so you I'm not the you origin. Don't back this up. I think no. I think I mean obviously the. No, I don't want to delve into it because I'm trying to be protective here of what was said. But no, I, I think I... No, we the original, we were talking about a question that was asked today of Chase Elliott. Yes. In During media day. Chase Elliott was asked if Hendrick Motorsports spends too, puts too much emphasis on qualifying and not enough emphasis on the actual Daytona 500 because they've keep sweeping the front row and getting all these polls but they don't do well in the race and they haven't won the race since like 2014 yep and i my point of view was that's crazy to say because that has not those two things have nothing to do with each other they're pre the reason they are proud of sweeping the front row and doing all that stuff is because they have an engine program they have aero department all stuff they're trying to get maximize it's sort of like the the first salvo of the off season you come out you say look at all the hard work mm -hmm. we put into it sure just because you have a fast car and qualify that doesn't mean you're going to race poorly or something like that i don't think that i don't think those things correlate they haven't had good daytona 500s because they get their drivers get taken out in wrecks or they're not as proficient super speedway racers overall some of their drivers um i, I don't think it's because they put too much emphasis on qualifying that was my viewpoint. You disagreed. That's no, all. no, 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 no. You're, again, you're doing it. I did not disagree. You I don't disagree. I shared the viewpoint with you of somebody, a rival, who has a differing viewpoint on from you. That's all I said, and I just shared it with you. And I were, and I was explaining to you what they were saying about this. That that's not how I recall the conversation. Of course, it's not. Anyway, this happens all the time. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll just take that as a W for me because you're not even going to argue your your point. 
So I'm not arguing, but I just shared a perspective. I obviously every team wants to come to Daytona and win the race, and to suggest otherwise is probably inaccurate. Probably. Yes. Okay. Well, see, there you go. I think it would be wholly inaccurate to think somebody doesn't want to come here and no, win they, the race. No, of course they want to come here and win the race. Over. Anyway, that that was we were all all we were arguing was the validity of the question that was asked. I just like to argue. I do yeah. like to argue with you. In particular, I don't know why. <laughs> because you, team, you like uh, throw out these wacky things, and then you have like this grin on your face, like you know you're gonna trigger me. I am just <laughs> a smiling fella, Jeff. You're you're only smiling when you know you get me riled up with the smallest <laughs> viewpoint. Uh, I have a question for it. I was thinking about this too as I was reporting about the car shortage, uh-huh. like. I am curious to see. I mean, we don't know what the 500 is going to be like, but if it's like typical Daytona races, I, I am fascinated what the West Coast swing is like for some of these teams if they lose two, three cars in this race, which is very possible, especially if you lose a car in the duel. Then, I mean, because I know they're building cars right now. Most teams have what if, what three cars built ish, you know, three and a half, depending on, you know, I mean, you're going to keep building them and everything, but it's still, I mean, it's not going to be easy these next few weeks. And as you said, you got Atlanta coming up too. And that's, we don't know what's going to happen there. I think, I, I don't think there's going to be as much carnage as we would normally see. I think a lot of, to me, the way that the 500 makes sense this year is to see a lot of single file for much of the race settling in they're going to log laps people are going to say i don't want to tear up my car i got to be there at sure. the end now at the end you know after the last pit stop i think it could get pretty racy and of course someone will do something to cause a wreck what? i mean i didn't realize until media day today wednesday ryan blaney said you know these bumpers these rear bumpers they're curved so you can't push <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Went out in the garage looking at inspection. Sure enough, the bumpers are curved. Logano said today, I don't know why we made bumpers that are curved on the rear that you, you, you know, basically as soon as you try to block somebody, if they have a run, mm-hmm. you're going to get yourself turned. Like you're going to get yourself turned big time because I mean, if somebody hits you from behind now, like that kind of bump draft. They won't hit you square. And... Well, there's no, there's no yeah, square that's to That's what hit. I'm saying. If they can't <laughs> yeah. hit you square, they're going to. That could be an argument, though, is if you're trying to cur- – I mean, and a lot of the crashes we've seen at Daytona the last few years, Talladega 2, have been when guys have been – the runs have been so big and guys have been trying to block those. I don't have an answer for the round bumpers, but I will say if the, the idea is, is maybe to curb that a little bit and to maybe prevent guys slamming. Well, they're not going to have a choice. Yeah. I mean, some somebody's going to at the end of the race. And, and that's the thing, too. If you go back to last year's race, I, I mean, everybody talks about the early crash on lap 14 – and then the, the the long rain delay, but coming back from that, we had a long green flag run. We had like that, that race was primarily green flag from lap whatever time they restarted after the big rack until the end. And then obviously the yeah the you know the Penske melee in turn three that wiped out the front runners. I just and I know people are going to say and you go back to thirteen. Um, that was a pretty tame race as well. And that was the last time NASCAR introduced a car similar circumstances where people are concerned about parts and everything but this is this is different i mean this is we're not talking just like bits and pieces of cars we're talking cars like the whole thing almost in some cases yeah but again like nobody's gonna be 
during when it comes down to winning time of the race, no one's gonna be thinking about it. You you have to go for it, yep. and and they're gonna they are going to go for yeah. it, and, and that's why I think the next few weeks coming out of Daytona are going to be fascinating if we get. But, but I guess what I'm saying is I don't think I I think if you have one wreck instead of a wreck filled race, sure. you, maybe you take out okay a dozen cars or something like a dozen cars total, and maybe some others get damaged if they're all in a pack late and there mm-hmm. hasn't been a big wreck and they're most of the cars are still running for whatever reason, um, but. I just don't. I, I, I'm. It's just like with the Clash. Everybody went to LA and they're like, "Oh, these brand new cars. Everybody's gonna tear up their cars on a short track." Well, they did. Blah blah blah. What? Well, they did tear up the car, but I did the going. They didn't. To, there was like maybe three cars got torn up. Almarola, Haley. That's it. Uh, Kurt Busch had a lot of damage. Keselowski bounced off the wall. I mean, there was a lot that of was body repairable damage. Well, that's things. the thing, though. Hang on, wait a second. Going into the Clash, everybody I talked to wasn't worried about destroying the cars and the chassis. It was all body stuff. And this that's is why they're revisionist. They were, no, it's not. History. No, it's not. I go back and I, I've written about it. I've talked about it. If like, and I, this was on the record. Um, Toyota's David Wilson told us in Las Vegas last fall. I was asking about the Clash because this was just after we had reported that it was going to happen. And I said, you know, is there any concern about going to Clash and tearing up race cars? He says, honestly, no, because you're going. It's going to be body damage. It's going to be, you know, it's not going to actually be the chassis itself. Now, obviously, things can happen. So the consensus and the people I talked to was, a lot of the damage at the Clash is just going to be kind of, lack of a better term, superficial. It wasn't going to be the cars itself, and that was why. It, okay, it, well, that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> um, so that didn't happen. I guess what I'm saying is um, the conventional wisdom. Maybe not from people you talk to, but from Twitter angst and stuff like that was, why are they going here? They're going to tear up all these cars, uh, brand new cars. Why that's didn't that, they bring that's your problem, though. Like, you're reading Twitter. Like- okay, other people, too, whatever. Anyway, that didn't happen. So my viewpoint is that when people, when everybody thinks that something is going to be a wreck fest and it's going to be put teams in shortages or big trouble, it usually doesn't happen that way. And everybody escapes and they go, oh, that wasn't so bad. I think that's what will happen with the 500. I think it won't be the most exciting 500, but why would it be? I think, again, just like with the duels, it would be incredibly stupid and very ill-advised to go out and start racing your butt off on lap 20 of the Daytona 500 for no reason with a brand new car and a long season ahead. Why not see what you have, long log laps, try to stick around for the end. Don't do something stupid. Let other people do something stupid. I mean, the what? problem is, is we saw it last year where guys, I mean, just there are some guys who just cannot don't have patience. I'm, I'm well aware. And they make mistakes. And it, you're going to and all it takes, unfortunately, is that one guy who makes a mistake and it collects 20 other of them. And so we'll see. So, Do you have a favorite into the 500? A favorite? Favorite. This is, I guess, is there a Daytona like 500? My pre- race, my race pick. Yeah, race pick win. or picks, you know. Well, um, we, we just did a, a post on, about this on The Athletic. Yep, you'll see it Thursday morning. Well, that's when this most people will hear this. Or, or I wasn't whatever, trying to but. assume, but okay. Okay. I mean, look, look, first of all, if you are hearing this late Wednesday night, you are our heroes because it's already, what time is it? Um, 10.57. It's already 11 p.m. So by the time we finish this podcast, by the time I edit it, post it, it's going to be after midnight East Coast time. So anybody listening to this on Wednesday night, you are like the most absolutely like loyal of the listeners. We you didn't even wait you. to go to your work commute on Thursday morning to listen. By the way, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't listen to us 
late at night. So if you're listening to us Thursday. I hate my sound of my voice and I hate everything I say. So Yeah, I don't know why why anybody would be staying up late. But they turn to 500 picks. Yeah, so you picked Ryan Blaney. Yeah, and I actually think it's like Penske. That's why I said picks is like I think Penske's just – Penske plans for these races so well. And I and I know what happened last year, and I'm well, this is maybe counterintuitive to what I'm saying, but they work so well together. They have a plan, they stick together, and I in you know, Blaney and Logano, they they draft well together. They lose they lose Keslowski, which is a blow because he was an excellent ra- speedway racer as well. But Logano is really good in these races. Blaney is really good in these races. They make smart moves. They're not guys who put themselves in bad situations. I like those guys to do it. And the Fords overall do really, really well of the teamwork and working together. And we've seen it. We saw it a little bit in practice on Tuesday. Another guy I'll throw out there who's really good in these races and he doesn't necessarily have the track record to back it up is Kevin Harvick. He's always in the mix in these things. He's always at the finish. Why are you smiling? <laughs> somebody somebody tweeted. I, I tweeted out our predictions post today and <laughs> from the season. You know, and, and somebody said, did did Jordan somebody tweeted me back and said, Did Jordan sell all his stock in Kevin Harvick? Because I think you weren't as high on him uh Yeah, I mean as you were last year on the podcast. No. And yeah. they were they were like, What happened to Jordan's Harvick love? And now you've you've brought it back here. So Yeah. Uh and just for the record, it's got nothing at all whatsoever to do with anything that happened last year at Bristol. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Harvick is forty six years old. And Harvick's in great shape. He, he's a heck of a race car driver. I think he's going to win a race this year. But at 46, coming off a winless season, it is natural to wonder, like, you know. But you're just saying he's going to do I, well I, in the 500. I think he's got a chance to do well in this race. And I think I think he's going to win a race this year. Now, you know, so. Anyway, we'll um, my pick is the other half of what you were talking about with Penske, which is going to be Joey Logano. Yeah. It feels like a Joey Logano-ish type of race because when you think about the, all the unknowns of this race, mm-hmm. which there's so many, and we're just talking out of our butts in terms of like what we think is going to happen. And my, well, at least I am. I can't speak for you. I don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, I don't know how it's going to race. We don't know how these cars are going to really even race in a pack. We don't know. We just don't, we don't know if there's going to be like true bump drafting or like whatever tandeming or whatever. Right. So all you really know about next gen cars and Daytona 500 is track history and who's been historically good at at various packages and various cars over the years. Mm-hmm. So you keep coming back to sort of like the Loganos, the Keselowskis, the Hamlins, the Blaney's. And it's really not yet. You, you know, you have great super speedway racers who pop up there like a McDowell or a Haley or like sort of those like long shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like Eric Jones is one here and stuff like that. Byron, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But they're not, consistently like wow those are kind of like the elite super speedway racers every single time yeah i would almost put byron byron's not quite in that category yet of elite but he's knocking on the door because if you look at the races he's in i mean he won at daytona in august 2020 he's really in contention more often than not and he's just that's fair you know um can i just say one minute you mentioned Danny hamlin and i think it's important and this is (laughs) This is an incredibly small sample size out of a, a practice session, you know, draft back in January that I came down here for the next gen test, right? And they had the mock 10 lap little pack thing. I saw Denny Hamlin making moves in that thing. I saw Denny Hamlin go to the back and come to the front. That to me is a guy who, he looked like Denny Hamlin. I mean, it didn't matter the car, didn't matter anything. It looked like 
typical Denny Hamlin at Daytona, and it looked like a guy, too, building his notebook of, like, this is what I need to do in these situations when I come back here in a month. It's really hard not to like Denny in these kind of races. No, I totally agree with you, and that's why that's why I'm doing a Logano thing because it just feels like if he is around it toward the end mm-hmm. and if he is in position like he was last year with, Kez- with Keselowski, um, that's the kind of guy who knows how to make a winning move or an aggressive move toward mm-hmm. the end. Um, it doesn't always work out, but he's going to make it. He's he, ain't afraid, go it. he ain't afraid to fail. That's the that's thing. That's right. That's right. And and same with Hamlin, same with Blaney, yeah. same with Keselowski if he's up there. But, you know, because of the possible wrecks, you could, you just don't know if those guys are all going to be up there together or what the situation is going to be. But those are the guys you sort of have the most confidence in to do something. Because it's one thing to say, okay, hey, I, I've I've survived this race. I'm in the top ten, but the the guys who win these races most often, if it finishes under green, are the guys who okay, I know what to do off turn four, I know how to set this up, I know coming to the line I've got to do this. You know what I mean? Like it's it's also knowing how to throw blocks, and that's the one thing I think Logano isn't getting enough credit for is how great of a blocker he is. Like he is aggressive with throwing a blocks, and it's not just a half hearted like move up. It it is a full like full throttle block and he is so good at that and there's no hesitation when it's time to throw his you know car in front of somebody that is a difference yeah with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, I mean, geez, it's it's really tough to say, you know, it's just so tough to picture. We we just have so much less information than we normally do. Um, But who... Are your some of your long shots, you know, and some of the other guys that can get up there aside from the favorites that you, that we mentioned as far as guys who you actually think not not just could like oh this guy could steal top five, but like could win could win the race. I mean, I I wrote about it in our preview that you can read on theathletic.com, but how do you not like Justin Haley in Collie Racing? Collie Racing builds fast race cars in super speedways, they, the traditionally. And they're running full-time this year, and that speed apparently is still there. And Justin Haley is a really, really good super speedway racer. He's got four career wins in the Xfinity Series. They've all come at Daytona or Talladega. He's won a cup race here, and I know Mother Nature played a part of that, but he put himself in position. And this is a kid who's really, really good in these races, has an understanding of that, and Colleague Racing knows how to do that as well. I mean, you could do a lot worse than picking a Justin Haley Colleague Racing. Yeah, no, I... I I think that's valid. Um, you know, I, I kind of go back to, you know, McDowell, yeah, too. absolutely. I, I mean, he's – it would be extremely difficult to go back-to-back in the Daytona 500 as an underdog type guy. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you would think if 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 all goes well, he's going to have a similar plan of sure. staying out of trouble, biding his time. Um, you know, I, I keep coming back to like a Corey LaJoy type as well. Yeah. Um, he has back to back top tens in, in the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would think this is in theory, I know we haven't necessarily seen this proven out yet, but a more level playing field, mm-hmm. um, you know, with cars than he's had previously. So, 
two what, other, what's that going to do? Two other names for you, too. Eric Almirola, always good in these races. Absolutely. In a four, too, which, again, I keep going back to. Fords are so good in these races, in race conditions. And the other name, it's another Ford driver, Chris Boucher. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's good in these races. He was leading here late. He, he finished uh, in, the, in the summer race here. He's in the mix. Um, he finished third in this race a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's got – and then the other thing, too, he's got Brad Keselowski as a teammate. Brad is great in these races. You would think that Chris is picking Brad's brain on what I can do better in these situations. That has to come for something. I mean, th- you know, if it's not the favorites, this could definitely be sort of one of those – it could be like a David Reagan race. It could be a Landon Castle type race. Sure. I mean, with all the unknowns of this, it would be so very NASCAR to sort of like end up with some winner that you're just like, wow, what? Yeah, a Trevor you know Bain I mean? type win yeah. in 2011, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I, again, I, I'm i at sort of a loss. I, I just don't – I don't know. And if we had seen the duels by the time we did this podcast, maybe we'd have a little bit better idea. That's but. the thing. I don't know what the racing is going to be like. I mean, to mean from the little stuff, little we've seen so far, it looks the racing doesn't look any different uh, it, to me. I don't know. Maybe well, the, the Hendrick cl- cars are still fast. The Hendrick cars are still fast. The Fords still look good together when they run together and draft. Um, you know, the closing speeds. I, I've heard different varying. Some people say the closing speeds more. Some people say it's less. It, we don't know, but. Well, the racing looks fairly like you would normally see, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I I'm not convinced that we've seen really yeah, true I don't, proof yet. No, we haven't seen we haven't seen a lot of things. We haven't seen green flag pit stops, and these cars are much different. Kevin Harvick was we practic- haven't seen any pit stops. We haven't seen any pit stops. Um, we you know Kevin Harvick made a mention he was trying to you know doing mock runs down pit road just trying to get used to. It. That's a thing. I mean that 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 it, and this goes back to the duels that this is all going to be you know, going through real time and these guys get used to these conditions and how much do you have to break, you know, going on to pit road in a green flag situation. It's, this is going to, I, I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'll say it now, this is, I, I am very intrigued by all of this. I, I think something else that people really need to watch for on Sunday in the, in the Daytona 500 is mechanical failures. I think you're just going to sure. see a car running by itself, going through a corner and all of a sudden something breaks sure. because these cars, I mean, they've, they held up pretty well in the clash. I mean, you saw a couple things go wrong, but these cars haven't been tested like this in a real, in real race conditions, a 500 mile race, high speeds. Yep. Um, high RPMs. It's just going to happen. I think it's going to happen throughout the first part of the year. And I think it's just going to be, and that's people need to get, people need to be watching for this and be aware that, Hey, somebody could be leading the race and boom, something's going to happen. Okay. Well, and does that cause a wreck if somebody's in the pack? Does that, so. you know, it's it's probably going to, there's probably going to be a decent amount of cautions because of incidents like that. They're going to bunch people back up, uh, bunch the field back up. Yeah. So, Boom. And something happens. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I, th- I just think that's worth noting because it's probably going to be a continued storyline. That doesn't mean the cars are not good. They're, they'll figure it out. Um, you know, it seemed like, you know, we, we did the clash podcast and we talked about, Oh, there was a couple of failures and two, three days later, the explanations were already out. Well, this is what happened. This yeah. is what and, happened. and NASCAR made a couple of little minor tweaks to the to that part to kind of reinforce it a little bit. And you're going to see that throughout the course of the year. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a panic type no. situation. It's, it's just, just it's a new car. Yeah, exactly. So um, what else uh, what else has jumped out to you about this? week so far it's been it's been odd uh for me and we're only a couple days in here but just uh 
and and I'm I'm not upset about this because I I love the Clash being in L.A. But it's weird without that sort of opener in a way, and just you kind of come to Daytona and you're like, oh Daytona, you're kind of like telling yourself, hey, it's it's Speed Weeks, so like yeah. get hyped, like you don't sort of feel the buzz. Maybe right off. You don't the have bat. that appetizer to kind of like you kind of eased into it, and it was like, oh, we got the clash, and it was like, okay, yeah, all right, next. I will say, uh, conversely, that there is a buzz about this race this season that I haven't felt in a while, and it's not necessarily like it's something I can point at tangibly and say. It's just like there's there's a lot of people that came here off of L.A. and what happened there, excited and happy and enthused. And thinking like, you know what, this is there's a lot of positivity right now. Um, well, that's that's it. Yeah, it's it's the positivity. I mean, we just media day was today, the same day as qualifying. We've been here since 7:30 a.m. or whatever. And driver after driver today, you know, asked about sort of various questions, not just the clash or just you know the state of things, the schedule. So much positivity. So much pe- people saying, hey, you know, I feel like the sport's in the best situation, the best place it's been in a while. Like. People feel positive about the direction. They feel optimistic about things, um, all the changes that have been made. And, yeah, that is a carryover for sure from the good vibes from L.A. People are still raving about drivers, still talking about what a success it was. And not just drivers. I mean, up and down the industry, whether it's NASCAR executives, whether it's team owners, everybody. Yeah. No, it's – and it's – it's there's definitely some good feelings, and that is refreshing for the NASCAR world where – you know, usually, I mean, it's like, hey, you're going to get these guys teed up on some issues and they, you know, they're outspoken at times like, hey, this needs to be addressed, needs to be changed. I don't like this. This is a problem. This needs to be fixed. Um, not a whole lot of that no. so far um, because and I, I think I, I don't think it's just because, you know, the cynical people out there might be, oh, they've they've been told to shut up or they've been told to only go through this new driver's council or something. I, I don't think that's the case. They're they're giving their genuine feelings and thoughts um and it's from drivers who sometimes are the most outspoken ones you know whether it's a a keselowski or a hamlin type people they're like oh this is you know they have a voice in this i mean nascar has made it a point to after the contentiousness of really the last year over this car and some of the track stuff and everything of nascar's kind of reached across and said okay what do we need to do to make this car better well, give us your input. And they've taken that input and largely said, okay, you've got what you want. And we've talked about it before, but when you bring them into the discussion and empower them, all of a sudden they've got a key stake in this and that they're, they got what they want. And any criticism that they have is in turn actually a reflection on them and what they wanted. And I think that this is a part of that. Is this is, we asked for this package, we're getting that. And we need to go out there now and actually give us an earnest effort, and we can't criticize NASCAR if this isn't working the next two, three weeks or whatever it is. Um, what else? Uh, well, I, I did want to bring up that um, Thursday, by the time you uh, people may be listening to this, uh, you will have done a flight with the Air Force Thunderbirds. Um, I'm encouraging you not to do this, having flown with the Blue Angels uh, a decade ago or something. And feeling not, I, I did not fare so well on that flight, both puked and passed out, and then was kind of like not feeling so well the rest of the day. Jordan here is saying he's going to go fly with the Air Force Thunderbirds. He's going to spring out of the airplane. And he's going to come cover the duels oh. at full strength that night and how do be I, totally fine. How do I put, I, first of all, I didn't say I was not going to have any, I wasn't going to pass out or get sick or anything like that. I, 
fully. I'm just worried about my friend. That's yeah, what, that's, that's exactly what this is. is it is. I'm, I'm concerned. How do I put this kindly? Okay. Um, I'm just tougher than you. Okay. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm sure many I'm gonna, people are. I'm sure I'm going to get sick. Are. I'm sure of it because I think I mean that's fine. That's but I've got a job to do Thursday night, and I will be here doing my job and hell or high water. Uh, you may be down at the, at the hospital. <laughs> Can you just bring people I need to interview down to the care center? I, I think you might be down at at the big hospital. I, I mean, I I know how to get there. I walked down there from the track to the <laughs> Ryan true. Newman. Yeah, I couldn't. You got there quick too. I was so amazed. Yeah, it's like a twenty-minute walk, but you got there quicker than I thought. I mean, I couldn't get there that quick, honestly. That's crazy. You could because you were tough. I'm tough, but I'm not. Well, the problem you wear you wear these dress loafers to the track with no socks. So how are you supposed to run down to the hospital? Oh, you'd be surprised. I run in these things all the time. I've actually have permanent scars on my heels from the uh, the shoes I wear. Yeah. Do you think it's a really good idea to wear dress loafers in a NASCAR garage with? Tires and fuel and oil and all this stuff. Yeah, I like to look good. You look good. You report good. <laughs> but what about you know what happens when the that stuff gets so on your I nice actually so I actually like once a year I will at the beginning of the year I will go out and buy loafers and oh, are these I, brand I, new th- these are not, these aren't yet I have to go get them but these are like track loafers like I only really wear these the, the, the track and I'm not worried about if they get wrecked or anything and they're easily replaceable. Okay. So also, tennis shoes could also serve that purpose. Nice sneakers. Sure. Nice well, yeah, they could. I, I'm a big loafer guy. No, tennis shoes are really hot right now. With, you know, the the Jumpman shoes and everything. It's just not my thing. Well, you're you're. I thought you want to be stylish. I am, but I, there's a different ways to do it. You don't. You know. You said it's really hot right now. Yeah. Like, but so. Lo- but I like loafers. I think loafers are a better look. Okay. Well, Dustin Albino, our media friend, sure. he showed up with some new J's on his feet. Nice. For for the year today good for him walking around nice shiny shoes um i think you should go that route maybe instead of the loafers and then you can run to the hospital <laughs> could do that that's okay. always possible well i hope that's, that especially um, at daytona because you I never really know what's hope, gonna happen here yeah well I, I i hope that i don't have to run to the hospital for you after your thunderbirds flight or anybody else after the race on sunday i tell you what i'll be breathing breathing a big sigh of relief uh knock on wood after that race Sunday because I'm I'm a little concerned you know as we talk about we still haven't seen these cars crash at high speed with these new cars and um, you know they say it's safe and all good but you never know a little bit worried yeah I mean I there's always apprehension at any even whether it's a new car or the old car there's always apprehension at these races I mean you just we've seen it too many times where things can go wrong and guys can get hurt and so there's always that worry um, I mean in terms of this new car and, and, and any safety concerns I've, I've, from the conversation I've had with people, that seems to be alleviated. Like they feel like it's been addressed. And you well, know. it's one thing to show people all the studies and crash tests, yeah. but you got to go crash them. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's so. you know, we'll see. And you know, Austin Dillon's crash at the Charlotte test, no one saw it, but at least no one saw it on video. And I, I didn't see it, but the people I talked to said it was a darn hard hit. And that was that was that kind of gave a, a encouragement, if you will, you know, that hey, these cars are in pretty good shape you know, okay dirt bones. So we'll see but again you don't know until we actually see it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other any other final thoughts before we move on to the great american race i'm ready for sunday yeah so i'm ready for the duels i'm excited for the duels to see what it's like and then i'm really excited for sunday because the season 
it's a great way to start the season, and I think NASCAR is positioned itself to have a, a very good year. It's going to be good. You know, I mean, the weather forecast looks decent. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that that looks positive that there's not going to be, um, you know, a rain out or a rain delay. Feels like the last two years we've been in the monsoon. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the they sold out the grandstands weeks in advance, and then they sold out all the infield and all the camping, all the suites. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be this place gonna be hopping on Sunday. I said there there is a there, there's more enthusiasm for this race than I than I remember. Yeah, I mean when you combine that with the Clash, uh, Daytona 500, you know it's gonna be a huge hype event. Um, hopefully, it's a good race. All that stuff. I mean NASCAR could really find itself with some, you know, decent momentum heading into the West Coast Swing. Um, so many unknowns there because that'll oh. be sort of like the quote real races. Um, with Fontana, Vegas, Phoenix. <laughs> I almost feel like we need a podcast. We're gonna obviously we're gonna have the post race Daytona podcast, but we really need a podcast like next sometime next week, just to really kind of preview Fontana and everything. Because I, I I mentioned this podcast, I think there is going to be a lot to dissect coming out of Daytona. Well, one thing we can tell you, uh, if you are a subscriber to the Athletic, and we hope you are, because we've been doing all sorts of stories. This week, uh, I had a Q&A with Jeff Gordon. I did a profile of Jusan Hamilton. Great who stuff, is by the a, way. Thank you. He's a 31-year-old um, uh, black man, and he is being the race director for the Daytona 500 for the first time. Uh, he's been a race director for other races, but he's getting to call the 500 for the first time. Only the third different person since 1988 to call the NASCAR's biggest race. And, again, such a young age. Um, to be able to do that. NASCAR has placed a lot of trust in him. So high profile um, role, you know, I, I did a story on him. Who is this guy? Uh, my first 12 questions is with Joey Logano. That should be out by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, all new 12 questions. And uh, so anyway, lots of reasons to subscribe uh, in addition to your work that you've been doing. Um, but we also want to tell people about a new thing we're going to be doing uh, Friday, I believe. I'm not sure of the time, but we're going to be doing this live room audio chat just for subscribers. I think it's on the athletic app. So if you're a subscriber, um, you should have your notifications on, I think. And then when we start the live room, um, I think we'll probably tweet it out like maybe a little bit in advance of when we're going to do it. But then we'll start this live room. And it's sort of like a, I think it's like a Twitter spaces type yeah. thing, except just for athletic subscribers. subscribers. It'd be yeah. great. Interact. Say hi. Yeah. So. We'll talk to you and we'll, we'll be able to talk about all the duels then. Um, so Maybe we could do another, if that's successful, maybe we could do another um, live room like you're talking about next uh, week Next week to preview the West Coast Swing and all that stuff. But uh, just trying to give a little bit more value to our subscribers who obviously you guys get us out to the track by supporting our work. So we appreciate you if you're a subscriber to The Athletic. And if you would like to become one, you can go to theathletic.com slash the teardown to uh, find out the latest deal there. Jordan, any final thoughts? Again, congratulations on your your win of the Was It a Good Race poll. We don't have a Was It a Good Qualifying poll, so uh, <laughs> you'll take that in your 1-0 lead into the 500. Uh, any any other final thoughts? I think we covered it all, Jeff. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to edit this, post this. Tweet us if you did hear this Wednesday night, by the way, because we'll favorite your tweet and mark you down as one of our podcast heroes for listening in the wee hours. <laughs> Whatever your whatever your reason is, but uh, we'll be back with you then Sunday night after Daytona 500. All our questions will be answered then. <laughs> no, I think we're gonna have a lot more questions actually. 
Anyway, until then, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on The Terror.